Your Newcastle. Welcome to Your Newcastle podcast. Today, I'm talking all things playgrounds, something I'm very passionate about. I have a wonderful co-host, Councillor Peter Winnie-Bartz. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Lord Mayor. Happy to be here. And I also have our amazing manager of Parks and Recreation at the City of Newcastle, Lynn Duffy. Hey, Lynn. Hello, Lord Mayor. How are you? And more importantly, our guest of honour. We have Vicky McCarter from Friends of Stevenson Park at Mayfield. Hi, Vicky. Hi, Newatali. How are you? Good. It's wonderful to be podcasting with you. We've had quite a journey. When did we first meet? I just asked you a moment ago to remind me. We actually first met at the Walls End Winter Fair in August of 2017. Oh, look, we're old friends now, Vicky. Oh, well, we we are. And we certainly have been on a big journey, that's for sure. (laughs) And on that day, I'll just refresh your memory, I actually walked up to you in the street and asked if I could speak to you for a couple of minutes about something that really needed some attention. And we had been trying to get some attention for about 20 years. (laughs) And I produced my phone and I showed you some photos of the the playground in Mayfield West at Stevenson Park that the children were trying to use. And at that point, it was actually being held together with gaffer tape. Mm. And... You weren't very pleased, (laughs) which I was pleased to see, and uh, we sort of kicked on from there. Yeah, I remember the gaffer tape. I remember being horrified and thinking, oh my goodness, how is this happening? And I couldn't remember the year, but I, I, I know that we met primarily because of the playground at Stevenson Park, which was then located in a very different position. And I think we organised, well, you organised the community members to come and talk to us back in 2017 about what they wanted. And it's such a beautiful recreation area with lots of different options. And straight away, after going through upgrades that we delivered at Blackbutt and other areas, I could see that the playground was likely to be in the wrong location and it needed more than just a playground renewal, which meant a fair amount of patience and a fair amount of trust yeah. to allow us the time to go through that process. What was it like for you leading the community on your vision for Stevenson Park, Vicky? It was really a challenge because there'd been lots of grumblings in the community and you're quite right. What we had at the time was literally a climbing frame that was down in the middle of the park very close to the soft uh, the soccer building and there had been a generational change in the residents at that time and lots of families had moved into the area and the grumblings around the actual residential area were getting a bit louder and louder about this this playground equipment that we had so after I approached you Uh, You actually said to me, if you get a few people together, I'll come down and talk to you, which was amazing. I was a little bit sceptical at the time because we'd been asking for 20 years and got nowhere. But I did go around and do a bit of a letterbox drop and said, you know, this is the date. If you come down to the park on uh, the 30th of August, the mayor's going to come and talk to us. And some of the feedback from that was... She won't come. (laughs) But to your credit, you did. And I remember distinctly standing down there near that play equipment with you and Councillor Emma White. And we stood there chatting about, you know, the situation we were in. And all the people started to walk down to the park. And I distinctly remember 
crowds of people coming down to that park, all walking down the hill towards that play equipment, and Councillor White looking at me and saying, oh, gee, Vicky, do you know all these people? (laughs) And I said, well, I'm not sure I know all of them, but I know quite a few of them. And that meeting was the start of a big journey for our community. It was a challenge, and it has been a challenge since 2017 to keep going, but it's also been very rewarding. And I really would encourage anyone who feels that they have a project in their community that would be a positive asset for their community to get involved and talk to their neighbours. This is the thing too, you know, it's sometimes just throwing requests at council isn't enough. You need to be talking to your, your neighbourhood. Get together and decide what it is that you really want. Yeah, and that's why I'd said to you, and it's advice I give to a lot of people, because a lot of people want a lot of things. And obviously that situation with the playground was not acceptable, but it makes it easy for me to go back and advocate mm. if I go back and say, I just met with 50 people at Stevenson Park and they all agree that we need a new <laughs> playground. So, hey, everybody. And they go, 50? Yep, that's definitely, we definitely had 50 people. See, here's a photo. Yep. And we need to start this process. And to start that process and to deliver it, we have to have an amazing team at council. And that's why we're very fortunate to have Lynn Duffy, our Manager of Parks and Recreation, working in this space, working with us to deliver Stevenson Park, but also wholesale upgrades to playgrounds, whether they're new or renewals throughout the city. Tell us a little bit about your work, Lynn. Sure. Thank you for that. And thanks, Vicky, for your words too. And hopefully we don't have playgrounds around the city with gaffer tape on them anymore (laughs) because we have implemented as part of our program, we've implemented um, quite a proactive inspection regime now. So we undertake an independent audit every three years that helps inform that renewal program so that we make sure we're hitting on the highest risk assets that do might have some safety concerns because that's number one is obviously to provide some safe assets for um, the kids of our city. And so we look after 117 playgrounds and each year now we're renewing about four to five playgrounds and we put about $150,000 into each of those. And I think the important thing is that previously we'd only put about 50000 in, so it just allowed us to kind of fix things up, whereas now with a whole site renewal, we can look holistically about the paths that lead to it to make sure that there's access, there's seating, that the softball is appropriate and safe, and that we can upgrade the equipment. So we're really looking at, I think, providing, you know, broader range ages, different demographics, as Vicky mentioned, you know, the demographics mm-hmm. in the city are changing, and we want to make sure we're representing the needs of a lot of our kids and older people. The program that your team has just delivered for the city, I think it's about $1.4 million this year. We've just opened two playgrounds, one at Novocastrian, one at Danga Park in Mayfield, Novocastrian in New Lambton. And we're about to open two more at the end of the month. That has been a, a really good program this year right across the city. And that year-on-year improvement of playgrounds is something that I'm very passionate about. And that is actually what drove me originally to get involved in local government. Feeling social? Follow City of Newcastle on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. I think Peter would know this and probably has a bit of a similar story. <laughs> like we have children that are a similar age and Peter has more. <laughs> She's four, I have three. And uh, I remember pushing the pram with the three children in it because uh, I had three just under five. You know, you're trying to get down the curb ramp then back up again. Of course, I overloaded a pram for two children with three. And then you'd get to a playground 
you know, the, the closest one and it probably wasn't fit for purpose. This is a while ago. My eldest is 18 now. And I remember, you know, being a little bit involved in politics, but not so much local government, but thinking when local government elections were coming up, this is a long time ago, back in 2008, oh, I'm going to run because I just want to fix up all this infrastructure, <laughs> particularly for younger people. There's not very many young people on council. So this is why, you know, I wanted to talk about playgrounds on the Your Newcastle podcast. And I wanted to talk about the importance of having that diversity of representation. And I think that's great that we have uh, councillor Winnie Bartz because uh, she has a very interesting backstory in terms of her work with children in the community and also has showed a huge interest and passion for our sports plan and working with uh, your team Lynn at council. Peter tell us a little bit about that. So I was lucky enough to be elected to council in 2017 and as you said I have four children varying in ages as my eldest is now 21 and I have a young eight-year-old about to turn nine-year-old boy. I am an educator in my day job and I am very passionate about play and giving children the ability to have leisure activities. We talk now about children are not able to participate in the physical and leisure activities that, that we did, I guess, when we were young and generations before us because they could possibly be in care for longer, they're spending more time inside. I think it's really important that council is proactive in providing space for all ages and I was intimately involved in this strategic sports plan and uh, was able to engage with lots of groups around the city There are lots of opportunities for children, young people and adults to participate in organised sport. Uh, Newcastle Novocastrians are passionate about their sport, whether they're participating or spectating. And I think that for me, you know, the background of my work, the underlying principles that drive our work is, you know, the United Nations Convention for the Rights of a Child include that every child has access to leisure and play and the children in our city and young people that, you know, they can't be part of a club, they can't play sport in a club and they can't, you know, possibly afford the fees or can't attend training. It's really important to give them the opportunities to interact and engage because play is, you know, lots of us will see children playing and it's fantastic. But what we fail to understand, I think, is that play is it's social, it's cognitive. Yes, it's physical, but it's giving communities an opportunity to come together as well. Lynn and I have spoken previously about, you know, COVID has provided uh, a really interesting insight. I think families and our whole city are using our open spaces much more. So I think, Mm. you know, the strategic sports plan and the implementation of budgeting around playground upgrades and facilities has been very timely. And I think if you look at any open space on any afternoon or weekend currently, you will see it being used far more than it was before. That's a good segue to asking you, Vicky, with our journey from 2017 to now and delivering the first two stages of the upgrade at Stevenson Park in Mayfield West. And if you haven't been there, check it out because Mm. it's a $1.2 million upgrade. Um, The the playground was moved to a much more appropriate location, closer to new pathways that were put in. There was a half-court basketball court, shelters with barbecues and seats, really good soft fall. It's a wonderful playground and a wonderful park area just to visit and play or have a barbecue. You've noticed some changes in how people are using that space, surely, in Stevenson Park. Oh, definitely. It it truly has become a hub 
for our residential community. And because it is a, an all abilities playground as well, it's very accessible. It has uh, disability parking and a one kilometre track that is wheelchair accessible, which the kids also love to skate and scooter on, by the way. It's a shared pathway, of course. Um, and it's very easy for the younger age groups to use. Uh, the equipment there is really good for all abilities. But the half court has actually seen something happen in our community that I guess we could describe as an unintended consequence because the older children get down there using the half court and they are then interacting with the younger children in the community in a very positive manner. And I actually had, before I came here today, I had an older person in our community who likes to go down there and she uses the pathway to get to the seating and she'll sit and just watch the kids play because she is um, an older person and she lives alone. And she said to me that it's really heartwarming for her to see the older children interacting with the younger children in such a, a positive way. She's actually a retired preschool teacher. So she would have a lot in common with Councillor Winnie Bartz on that score about open-ended play as well. And, I mean, every weekend there are birthday parties in that park and... Of course, there's lots of ordinary usage as well, which isn't a problem. You know, the kids that are there at the birthday party are interacting with the local kids that are there as well. And it's also very easy to get from the playground to the soccer field. So we've had lots of impromptu soccer matches pop up between the kids as well. All you have to do is turn up with a ball and there'll be a game happening somewhere. We've seen games of Sunday cricket pop up down there as well. So it has really enlivened our community and it's such a great asset for us. Your Newcastle is changing daily and we care about you. Have your say at newcastle.nsw.gov.au. In a lot of ways, we're seeing the densification of urban areas and there's always a consequence to that and some of them are positive. So the more you can, I guess, in one way, densify in a sustainable way your urban core, you don't see the... uh, urban sprawl into natural areas, uh, longer transport, longer commute times, so long as it's in a sustainable sort of urban infill fashion. But as that happens, uh, particularly to cities like Newcastle, our open spaces and our publicly accessible open spaces just become more and more important. And sometimes you see the shrinking of the traditional idea of a backyard really need to be replaced into public space. And that's why we have been so passionate about not only trying to listen to the community and make sure we're replicating their needs in each location, but also making sure that we're having the right funding levels uh, proportionate to the type of demands that that will go into these public open spaces. And we have been on a journey, Lynn, really growing that investment. And the investment is multifaceted. There's people see the infrastructure and they know it needs maintenance and then there's a capital investment. But there's also the investment in our workforce, in the skills of our workforce, and there's also the investment in our people and the the mental health and well-being of that accessibility of those open spaces just being out in the open and also the public health benefit of exercising and Mm. we saw that when we delivered bathers way the the amount of people and the pedestrian crowd 
counts increased from sometimes 100 per hour when before we built the bathers way to up to 900 an hour the last time we tested it i'd say it's even more now there is a population health outcome that is very positive mm. uh, for our community. Tell us a little bit about that work you're doing at Council, Lynn. Yeah, so you've hit on a lot of very important points there, and I do consider our parks as the um, city's backyard, very much so, and especially as, as the demographics change and it densifies in the city. And you know, to hit on a number of things that people have said, I think it's important that we're catering for that passive play, like Council Winnie Bartz mentioned, because not everyone wants to or can participate in that organised sport. So some of the things we're doing around there is providing those multi-purpose kind of areas, like at Walls End, that we're working on one of the key projects for this year. As far as our people go, you know, you mentioned special skills. We have a playground technician in my team. Like, who would have ever thought there was a term for a playground technician? We have a role called that now. He was a field officer at one stage. Once again, we've he's developed the right skills. You need specific training and tickets to do that, obviously, so that you make sure you're um, doing those inspections well in the right way in accordance with Australian standards. So how great is that? That's a role that yeah. I don't think anyone knows even yeah. exists probably. Thanks to Vicky, there's no more duct tape. Exactly. <laughs> and um, Brad would make sure that he's our playground technician and he would be making sure there is no gaffer tape on our playground. <laughs> um, but I am passionate about people, as you know, and developing people to be their best selves so that they can keep providing for the community, mm. listen to the community, and really gain satisfaction out of doing that work. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a pleasurable thing. If I could just pick up on the skills of staff as well, you know, I, I use the, I was, or one of my committee members actually used the analogy of renovating a house. You know, you buy a house and you think, oh, I'll knock that wall out and I'll put that there and I'll extend there. And then it's not until you knock the first wall out that you realise that it's not going to be as easy as you thought it was. And this is something that, um, that we soon came to realise at Stevenson Park because where we had envisaged, envisaged our playground was actually quite, quite wet was collecting a lot of the drainage from our own residential area and the area had previously been a rubbish tip back in the 1940s and there was a certain level of contamination. We didn't know any of that when we sort of put our wish list into council. Council staff did just an amazing job with not only uh, rectifying the site figuring out the drainage issues. We have a wonderful rock swale down the middle now with a with a nature play area that our kids just absolutely love to death. And all of that came from Newcastle Council staff. And along the way, even though it was difficult, they also had conversations with us, you know, through the construction fences. They would the kids would come up to the fence and the guys would come over and show them how the equipment worked and talk to them about what they were doing. And by the time they actually finished construction, I think they were there for about eight months, maybe nine months. By the time they had finished construction, you know, the local community were just so in awe of these guys that were, were problem solving all the way along and at the same time communicating with, with the people that were involved with the project. So we, we really do take our hats off to Newcastle Council staff from, from our experience, even from the planning stages all through the public consultation, the community meetings, getting everybody's ideas down on paper and then communicating the, the final concept plans to us. The whole process was just amazing and really enlightening for all of us it is a process and that's why when i first met you i thought i have to try and manage expectations up front because this is going to take a little bit of time uh it can't just be delivered in six months to to, to actually get it right for what stevenson park needed and the 
importance of the community involvement and you leading that process, Vicky, can't be understated either. And, you know, we're here to serve and deliver. And it's wonderful to have colleagues like Peter on council that share that vision to be able to go around the city and you imagine your work site at Stevenson Park, but at the same time, there's about $90 million worth of work in any one financial year happening right throughout the city, whether it's a main street upgrade or a road upgrade. And all our crews and teams and engineers and the like are out there day in, day out. And I get that feedback very broadly across the community. And it's wonderful to hear people praising our staff. And I think that's been a real step change in in recent years that people are starting to really value the real dedication and hard work because they're seeing their city transform. And that's really being delivered by people like Lynn and her Mm. teams and our infrastructure teams. Peter, have you noticed the change? Yeah, I think too, something that we haven't talked about is that future planning as well. And I know with Lynn, with the, you know, the work around the strategic sports plan, that not only were we talking about the facilities that we have now, and I think, you know, 116 playgrounds and, you know, everything else that goes along with it, that the plans that happen behind the scenes around future works and future even just making sure that land is captured, you know, in, in the Western Corridor for future fields and playgrounds as well, that kind of work, as you're saying, that's the long game. It's not something that, you know, in the next year or two years we're going to appreciate. But in five years' time, when a new suburb pops up and they need play, playgrounds and parks, that work has been done now and that's something else that the staff are doing a really good job at. And I uh, I agree completely. The, the feedback I had from... All the people that were involved with the sports plan were that they had never had a working relationship before like they do now with the city of Newcastle. And I think that, again, is the hard work and dedication of our staff and their commitment to delivering these outcomes for the city. Yeah, it's quite quite fantastic to watch and be a part of because we're all here really for the same purpose. You go and work for council because you want to serve your community. You go and volunteer to be elected to council for really the same purpose. And it can be a pretty rocky road sometimes. And I, I have this distinct memory of not thinking maybe before I met you, did I explain this to you once? I remember thinking, I wonder if this Vicky McCarter is a real person. Yes. Did I say that <laughs> to you? Yeah, I was I, – because you have like a um, – cartoon type idea yeah yeah. um on social media yeah and you know we're having a lovely chat with vicky today but let me tell you vicky tells it straight and i remember thinking it's borderline like are these requests let's call them requests (laughs) that are coming directly to me on social media with the cartoon and someone called vicky mccarter is that a real person because I had a moment where, oh, my goodness, yeah, I think it's a real person. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you you actually, when we when we went to one of the community meetings, you did actually say to me, I can't get over that you're a real person. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am a bit of a straight shooter. 40 years of nursing will do that to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have, I have no, it's no, it's no problem at all, but because it's quite straight and because you do sometimes get people online with profiles that mm. don't look real and can say some unusual things and you think, oh God, that can't be a real person. <laughs> But it's good. Vicky's real. She's podcasting with us today. She (laughs) has led her community in Mayfield West and Stevenson Park 
to a $1.2 million playground upgrade, which is very similar to the type of upgrades we've seen at Stockton. Um, we're doing at Wall's End at the moment. Uh, the play, amazing adventure playground was $1 million that we delivered at Blackbutt. And all of the playground upgrades that we're delivering this financial year, about $1.4 million. We have the Gross Street Reserve. We have King Edward Park about to come online and also a playground in Ties Hill. And then we have another commitment next financial year of another $1 million plus into playgrounds in the next financial year. So hopefully by the time our time is up on council, Peter, (laughs) we will see the complete renewal of open space and playgrounds and that will keep you happy, won't it? Very, very happy, Lord Mayor, including (laughs) all of our fitness stations and our basketball half courts and, you know, just those open spaces and even those little pocket parks that we've been able to deal with it people probably don't see every day well vicky is an exemplar in how to organize community so anyone listening to our podcast if you want to know how to get your community organized and get the the mayor to turn up at a meeting just ask vicky (laughs) mccarter or you can ask me directly i don't mind (laughs) even if you're not a real person (laughs) thank you so much for the work you put in to your team lynn and also to the delivery of all our parks and recreation facilities. It's very much appreciated. And thanks for everything you do, Vicky. Thank you. And I just wanted to say that with the Friends of Stevenson Park, it's not just me. We do have a team of six people. And standing behind me is Andrew, Latisse, Bente, Cass and Naomi. And then we have virtually all the community of the wedge that is between Industrial Drive, Maitland Road and Maud Street, all behind playground area and the sports fields down at Stevenson Park. And really for anybody out there who sees something in their community that needs to have a positive spin, needs to have some fixing up done, you really should get involved. But talk to your neighbours first. That's wonderful advice. And shout out to Latisse, Alma Mater, Newcastle High Girl, Peter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get, getting together. it done. <laughs> the Friends of Stevenson Park, it's been amazing working with you. And I look forward to the next stages of delivery over at Stevenson Park because the master plan has quite a few more elements that we um, are looking to get done in the coming years. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. That's your Newcastle. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us wherever you listen. 